play. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, Jeff Broad and I, we review Caddyshack, an all-time classic sports comedy. Also, how did my beer league hockey team do in its final game? Well, yeah, not well. And then a look at weird baseball injuries after one of the best pitchers in baseball breaks his toe, moving something in his washroom? What? That's on the podcast. Jeff Braun and I, every other week, we watch a sports movie. We review it. It's usually something related to uh, an event that's going on. So with the Masters just having wrapped up, we thought, what about a golf movie? What about Caddyshack? So we've uh, we've gone from rom-com. We've done the heartfelt classics. We've done the earnest movies, as you've described them. The, yep. Based on a true story. And then we've got Caddyshack. The crazy, silly movie. The crazy, silly sports comedy that's an all-time classic. It is absolutely zany. Harold Ramis directed it. It is not, there's not really a plot. It's more so just bouncing around a bunch of little stories featuring these characters. I think, yeah, what's the plot is supposed to be what? The, the, the Caddy's scholarship or whatever? So I guess there's a few stories. There's... Can Bill Murray's character kill the gopher? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Judge Smales and uh, Rodney Dangerfield's character. That's kind of a side plot. And then this this teenage caddy. Is he going to get the scholarship, I guess? And it's and the movie's called Caddyshack, so it's ostensibly about the caddies. And if you, whenever you think of the, the movie Caddyshack, the last thing you think about is that kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And the Caddyshack is where these... These kids are hanging out, and there's a sign on it. This is Caddy Shack, and then there's like two scenes set there, right? <laughs> so it starts with this animatronic gopher digging yeah. around, yeah, and then the kid wakes up in this house of about seventy-eight children. That was so weird that we never go back to it no, again. No, that he climbs out the window of down a ladder that takes. It's the most awkward thing you've ever seen, and it's like, but that's their house, and everyone knew he was leaving. Why didn't he just go down the stairs inside and out the door or whatever? That was weird, and then he comes to the golf course, Chevy Chase's character, who is just honest to a fault. He, like Everything he says is purely deadpan honesty. Yeah, yeah, and he's a super millionaire or whatever. Oh, so yeah. Like, <laughs> One of the great lines in that opening scene. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. Yeah, that's my favorite part of the whole movie, and it's like in the... I think the credits are still going at that point, but yeah. There's a bunch of little non-sequiturs like that where they kind of just say it and move on. This is a fantastically written movie. It written by Harold Ramis and the guy that ran the Caddyshack, Brian Doyle Murray, who's Bill Murray's brother. Okay. He also he co-wrote it with Harold Ramis. Okay. So there's the be the ball scene where he just... It, I Sure. I, that seems like it's something like Chevy Chase told them to put into it to make him seem cooler or something i don't know i don't know if it is but it's what it smacks of in it he, he doesn't end up being the ball at the end or it, like it never comes back you think you see something like that during the movie and you're like oh well that's going to play huge in the big game at the end that's the formula of sports movies right and it just doesn't and there is a big game at the end and they could have put it in there and they just didn't there was not a lot of sports in this movie it's at a golf course but golf is the the crux of it and you have little moments like anything with Spalding, Ted Knight's grandson, <laughs> who's just a buffoon. When just he's in just like a the rich idiot child. He's in the background of some other scene, like hacking away at the golf course and swearing, and and that made me laugh out loud every time he was there. I laughed. Does We're, the groundhog hold it back? Because that is beyond silly. 
there's a lot of like silly stuff with Rodney Dangerfield, but that gopher, that's just insane. And I guess it's funny, but. I want you to kill every gopher on the course. Check me if I'm wrong, Sandy, but if I kill all the golfers, they're going to lock me up and throw away the key. Golfers! They're great kid, not golfers. The little brown furry rodents. We can do that. Is there a good guy in this movie? Is there anyone that you look at and say they're the good guy? Or is everyone just bad? For me, it's Rodney Dangerfield. The thing I like the least about golf is the pretentiousness that comes with a lot of it. Okay. And that he upends that, I enjoy very much. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll never get... It's not an issue because no one's inviting me to a really fancy course like Bushwood. Mm-hmm. But I would be like him and wear really loud clothes or not adhere to the dress code or whatever like that. Because I, I just think... That's, that's true. That's silly. And Rodney Dangerfield just is so such a, a buffoon. Funny. And he's so <laughs> funny sometimes. This is the worst looking hat I ever saw. Well, you buy a hat like this, I'll bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? Oh, it looks good on you, though. How much of that was written for no, 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 him? No. They don't write stuff for Rodney. Oh, no? Plot stuff Plot stuff that, like, they have to get okay. through, maybe. But one-liners, that's all Rodney, because that's what he was famous for. He's just improvising all that, like... Woof! The dance of the living dead! Judge Smales is the, I guess, the ultimate antagonist of the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, was, it was very funny. You're right that the the gopher thing with Bill Murray is kind of an odd side story. Yeah. And without Bill Murray, if somebody else in there is probably just too dumb and not funny at all, you know what I mean? But The amazing stuff about this is that you can play 36 holes on it in the afternoon, take it home and just get stoned in a bejesus belt. Just looking at some of the, the trivia on this, the scene where uh, Ty Webb, Chevy Chase's character, shoots the ball into Bill Murray's kind of ramshackle quarters, that was not in the original script. Oh, really? So R- Harold Ramis added it later when he realized that Chevy and Bill didn't have a scene together. That's interesting. And those guys didn't, uh, probably not too long after that? or It was before was... that that they didn't get along on Oh, SNL. it was before that? Okay. Yeah, so this was after they met for lunch, they wrote the scene, and it's the only time that Murray and Chase have been in a film together. Interesting. That mm. uh, Cinderella scene where he, Bill Murray is cutting up the flowers with the club, <laughs> like trying to go to Augusta, <laughs> awesome. that was improvised based on a couple lines of stage direction. And then Murray just improvised the rest of it. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. Well, he got out of that. The scene in which Chevy Chase's character and Cindy Morgan, the I guess the the temptress character, yeah, yeah, well, the wow. with the the massaging that was pretty much improvised by Chevy. And uh, what about the scene in the pool? Well, first of all, she does a dive in the pool that everyone's staring at, and she does the most plain, boring dive. She, like, everyone's staring at her, and she goes off the diving board. and like, oh, It's good for him. I thought she was going to do something, like, do... She didn't even do one somersault or anything like that. I was like, oh, that was really weird. Uh, that was funny. 15 minutes of free swimming. Did you read that sign closely? Yes. They got 15 minutes for the caddies to swim. And the baby Ruth joke is still funny and always And Bill be. Murray cleaning up the boys, like, it just eats it. Yep. Here it is. Ah! It's no big deal. Ah. Wife of Judge Smell's fame. What about the other doctors going back to hats and that that doctor character? He wears that like pith helmet when he goes golfing. Do you notice that? Yeah. Now, what is that? It's maybe a bit before our times, but I can't imagine that was ever a stylish thing. Uh, the scene in which uh, Ronnie Dangerfield's character hits Judge Smell's in the genitals with that was the good. golf ball. That's apparently based on what happened to Ramis and his second of his two rounds of golf. He got hit. Oh, man. That's too bad. <laughs> uh, oh! I should have yelled two. 
<laughs> that, that's the sort of thing that'll turn you off golf forever. Yes, and apparently, the, uh, later years, the production became infamous for the amount of drug usage that occurred on set, with supporting it. actor one supporting actor describing cocaine as "quote the fuel that kept the film running." I believe that. I believe that a lot. It was the what 1980. Yeah, like late 70s, like 1980. And all those came guys out. were close to, if not at the pinnacle of their fame. And yeah, it just would have been everywhere, I imagine. And Rodney Dangerfield goes up to the band to play something different. They just burst into Boogie Wonderland, even though that wasn't them playing it. It's just like <laughs> the actual track. What and about the, the random synchronized swimming routine in the pool? That was weird. This that movie's was... filled with so many moments that are like 30 seconds long that it's like, what? What? <laughs> yeah. Well, that I think that funny. probably speaks to the cocaine use. It's like, well, we're going to just splashing in the pool. No, no, no. Everybody get together. We'll go around and circle like this. Yeah, and at Chevy Chase's character just... What'd you shoot today? Oh, I don't keep score, Judge. Oh, well, how do you measure yourself with other golfers? By height. You know, you should play with Dr. Beeper and myself. <laughs> I mean, he's been club champion for three years running, and I'm no slouch myself. <laughs> don't sell yourself short, Judge. You're a tremendous slouch. He was funny in that. But and I, Chevy Chase, I don't know, sometimes he's really funny. He can rob a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. Oh, he's... He's got a history of like making more enemies than he makes friends, but sometimes he's really funny. And this this is kind of he's less manic than he often is, which is nice too. And has an iconic final line. Chevy Chase's what was his? No, the last line of the movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Ronnie Dangerfield. Yeah, he's got. <laughs> I wrote that down. I was like, is that the best last line of a movie ever? And that's it. Hey everybody, we're all gonna get late. <laughs> And Kenny Loggins gets a bunch of money from this movie. Also notice in the credits that the gopher, uh, Chuck Rodent as Mr. Gopher. Chuck Rodent. They actually put it in the credits. I also looked it up, and uh, this Bushwood Country Club is uh, set in Nebraska, but there's there's one for real in Markham, Ontario. Oh, which I assume outdates the the movie. It was from before the movie. Yeah, Yeah, it's just coincidence. And when that movie came out, they probably thought, Uh, uh, I don't know. Probably got a lot of real (laughs) interesting applications out here. (laughs) So overall, this is a, I mean, it's its a really light-hearted movie that's not serious at all. It's fun, and it's really yeah, funny. It's not special, or concerned about the sports of it all. Like, there is a big game at the end, but yeah. you don't care, and no one wins. Well, I guess he wins because the gopher caused the explosion that rolls the ball in. And the, well, we're waiting is kind of a, <laughs> is a definitely a, a well-used meme now on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, it's it's as far as a sports movie goes, it's not. There's nothing special about it. But as a comedy, it's an all-time classic. So, so your rating? Oh, um, eight and a half gopher holes out of ten. Well, I was gonna give it eight baby Ruths in the pool out of ten. There you go. <laughs> it was an historic night. For the Johnny Come Latelys, my beer league hockey team played in the E5 final at the Highlander. There is no lower men's division at the Highlander. How did it go for us playing against the Bayside Boys, a team that played most of their season in the division above and came down? Uh, it, it did not go well for us. I 6-1 was the score. We were, it was only one nothing about halfway through the game, and then bang, 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 and we... We were shell-shocked. They were better than us. So, you know, it was a lot of fun. Still a good season. The officials weren't great. It's beer league hockey, and there were some bad calls, and a couple players on my team lost their cool a little bit. The guy got in a little bit of a fight, got kicked out of the game, and he's about to move back to Quebec. So that is his final moment on the team. So that's cool. The game after us was epic. 
So we go upstairs, you know, have a drink, grab some food, and it goes to overtime. There are a lot of people cheering up there for this one team. They go to overtime, three on three, no one wins, so it goes to a shootout. Same rules as NHL, everyone gets to shoot, and the first three shooters for each team score. And now we're going back and forth. Seven straight shooters for each team missed. Seven straight. And so after the 11th round, the refs say, all right, that team's had everyone shoot, so you guys can start everyone just start cycling again. It went 13 rounds. It was so crazy. That was more fun than maybe any of the NHL games that were on last night, but really remarkable stuff. So uh, Beer League is done for the season. I'm going to play summer hockey, I think, but again, one of the struggles with signing up for something is not knowing the schedule and me working this show. If it's on, bef- the game starts before 9 o'clock, it's kind of tough for me to be there. So hopefully I'm not just burning $300. <laughs> but that's that. So Tampa Bay, they placed left-hander Blake Snell on the 10-day injured list after he broke a toe on his right foot while at home on Sunday. Got hurt when he got out of the shower and attempted to move a large granite item. Let me read what he tells reporters today. Quote, There's this big granite thing that I don't like looking at. It's a three-piece set, a base, a pole that comes up like two and a half, three feet. Then there's a top. I don't know what you'd put on it. It's right outside the shower. So then I'm like, I'm moving this. It looks stupid. So I dried off, put my clothes on, started to move it. I lifted it up like this, and I lifted it up thinking, I'm just going to lift this whole thing up and put it over here. And then I lifted it up, and it wasn't glued to the pole. Pole came crashing down. That was the story. It was really dumb. That's what happened. Close quote. Snell won the Cy Young last year. 2-1 2-1 and one with a 2.16 ERA and four starts for the Rays who are real. They're off to an amazing start this season. And he thinks he might only miss one start. But it, it made me remember there's some weird ways that baseball players have gotten injured. For instance, there's reliever Steve Sparks who dislocated his shoulder, ripping a phone book in half trying to emulate some motivational speakers he had just heard. Marty Cordova missed time when he scorched his face in a tanning bed. Pitcher Jamie Easterly stepped in a gopher hole and hurt his back. There's a player in the 20s who had false teeth in his back pocket and that bit him in the butt, literally, when he slid in the second. A guy who signed autographs and stopped complaining that his elbow was sore. Maybe he was just trying to get out of signing autographs. There was not that Randy Johnson, but a different Randy Johnson. Dislocated his thumb putting on socks and spent six weeks on the injured list. There was spider bites. There was a coyote bite. There's Jose Cardinal in the 70s. Citing fatigue, he missed a game. His claim that crickets got into his hotel room and kept him awake all night. That was his story. Another one of his stories, missed a game because his eyelid was stuck open, preventing him from blinking. Okay. Sure. There's Atlanta Braves closer Cecil Upshaw, who missed the entire 1970 season when his ring got caught on an awning as he tried to demonstrate his slam dunk technique. Someone missed two starts after spending an entire game flicking sunflower seeds at a friend. Diagnosis, inflamed elbow. Someone broke a rib vomiting. Someone broke a toe running from the kitchen to the TV. Someone hurt their knee falling off a treadmill. Bit by a dog. Fractured big toe trying to celebrate. There's just a long list of these. Someone got... Hurt trying to iron a shirt they were wearing. Baseball players. The list never ends. It's great. 
Luckily, I've never done something that stupid, I think. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes. Yes.